Welcome to a bonus episode of Rico Media with me, Peter Kafka. We haven't spent a lot of time on this show talking about TikTok really at all. And we haven't weighed in at all on Trump and China and TikTok and ByteDance and Oracle and Walmart and Microsoft. So let's change that. This is a discussion with Ben Thompson, the author of the very successful, very influential Stratechery newsletter. I hope I pronounced that correctly this time around. As most of you know, Ben is one of the best minds in tech analysis, and he's also a rare tech mind with a good understanding of China, in part because he lives in Taiwan, um, which means he's a perfect guy to explain what has and hasn't been going on with TikTok and ByteDance in China and the US and Microsoft and Oracle and, and what all this means. Uh, it's worth noting that Ben is not a Donald Trump fan, but he does agree with Donald Trump, or at least Donald Trump circo last month that TikTok should be 100% owned by a U.S. company, and failing that should be banned in the U.S., and he explains why at the end of our conversation. This was supposed to be a brief chat, and it would appear as part of tomorrow's regular Recode Media episode, which is awesome, Um, but Ben went long, so you get more Ben today. One of the really cool parts about my job, probably the best part, is that I get to learn a lot of stuff by asking questions to smart people, and when I write stories, sometimes I pass off their thoughts as my own, but on podcasts, you get to hear it straight from their brains, unfiltered. So enjoy. I'm here with with one of my favorite smart people, Ben Thompson, because I want him to explain. I want to call it TikTorical, but I don't think that's going to take off. But the 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 TikTok bite dance, Microsoft, Donald Trump, Oracle, Beijing story. Um, I've been a little. F- I don't want to uh, complain about people who do my job for a living, but I've, I've been a little frustrated with some of the journalism around uh, this story because I feel like people aren't able to sort of get to the point. And then you did this week. You sort of said, here is what is happening. So I'd like you to explain with with the appropriate caveats that we don't actually know what's happening and things are moving quickly, where what you think is actually happening with ByteDance and TikTok and Oracle and Beijing and Trump, where you think this ends up. Well, I mean, first off, I'm going to repeat your caveat and saying, you know, this is changing quickly, number one. Number two, whenever you're dealing with sort of any deal like this, there's going to be a lot of unknowns. And number three, that's all magnified times 100 when you're dealing with China. There's just a, and particularly now, given that there's so few sort of Western journalists on the ground, like we're everyone, including myself, is very much flying in the dark. So mm-hmm. a lot of what I wrote is definitely uh, based on what's going on and sort of you know, putting different pieces together. But part of it is a bit of, you know, sort of uh, assumption and just sort of whatever I do know about how things work. So I just want to, you know, the caveat cannot be stated strongly enough. And by the way, stipulated. Yeah. When, by the time this comes out, things may have changed. So, you know, I want to be clear on that. We're recording this uh, Tuesday night, our time. You guys will hear this Wednesday night or Thursday morning. I think basically what happened was, and you see this a lot in U.S. discussions of China and coverage of China. I, when I wrote about TikTok a few, uh, a couple, it's been like a month or two now. I mentioned that a lot of people in the U.S. look at and treat China like an NPC, a non-playing character, and everything in the drama is always the U.S. this, the U.S. that, and China is sort of perceived as this sort of character in a play that doesn't have any impact on the play, and that, that that's clearly mistaken. Just from a sort of objective point of view, but it's also kind of insulting, right? China is a great and ancient and large country, whatever adjectives you want to use. They're, they are the second largest economy in the world. By rights, they should be the largest just by sheer population size. So this this general attitude towards China is kind of a frustrating one to sort of observe, but it's also a very damaging one because I think 
what happened is sort of Trump himself fell into this trap of treating China like an NPC. And what I mean by that is this sort of deal that we're talking about was already on the table previously. TikTok talked to Microsoft and actually it was a better deal from the U.S. perspective where Microsoft was going to have a majority share of TikTok. ByteDance would be a minority owner, so they get to still sort of keep the upside. It's not clear at that point what was going to go on with the algorithm. It was maybe less of a contentious issue. I think you know that was one of the things that I focused on in my article was I, I thought I think the algorithm is the most important issue. I think it's more important than the user data issue. But the, the, that was sort of the deal on the table. And then Trump comes in is like, no, that deal's not good enough. ByteDance doesn't get anything. And ByteDance must sell this company to a U.S. owned company or shut it down. That's Those are right. your two and options. That's right. And they, they can't be a minority stakeholder, all these sorts of things. And that all, I always had a problem with that because, I mean, the reality is, is ByteDance built a great company and they, you know, to sort of, if you're going to go to the step of depriving sort of a company of its property, you know, that should be one taken with your sort of extreme sort of judiciousness and care. And I think you can make a national security argument that in this case, that's the right thing to do. You know, sometimes one priority trumps another priority, uh, no pun intended. But uh, but in that particular case, you need sort of maximum sort of care. And I, I think a good way around it, again, if we could go back to the beginning, would be to let ByteDance retain sort of some sort of stakes. They still get sort of share in the upside and and sort of transfer that control. And that's basically what the Microsoft TikTok deal that was you know rumored at the end of July, beginning of August was going to do. But then Trump sort of scuttled the whole thing. Well, the problem is, you know, by scuttling the whole thing, it has to be all or nothing. You know, I think that, you know, TikTok was kind of stuck where we're not going to share in the upside. So we need to generate a competition here so that we can at least get the maximum possible price. And as I understand it, again, this is I'm not totally clear, but as I understand it, TikTok was very eager to bring Oracle into the deal uh, as opposed to the other way around in large part because they just wanted competition for the property. They wanted a stalking horse. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I think that Oracle, from Oracle's perspective, I mean, you know, Larry Ellison is a very confident man, but I don't think even he thinks that, you know, Oracle is necessarily the best company to run a consumer tech company. At the same time, Oracle does have a real commitment to their cloud business. And this is something that's changed for Oracle. They've talked about having a cloud business for many years. They've actually started spending real money on it over the last couple of years. They recently signed up Zoom was sort of a big win for them. And so, you know, Oracle would love to have the TikTok cloud deal, which is a massive cloud deal. I think they actually already have a deal with, with, with Google, but, you know, it's growing. You're talking real-time video. We saw this with Snap's IPO. And, you know, we, hosting video like this is extremely expensive, extremely taxing. It's it's a great sort of service for any cloud provider to both, one, make a lot of money, and two, sort of demonstrate that their cloud can handle a very, very difficult and taxing sort of application. So from Oracle's perspective, they would love to have that cloud part. Uh, it's not clear they would actually want to run the business. So I mean, sorry, not, not, to, not to go on and on, but I think it's important to get all the pieces that are happening here to sort of perceive what's going on. So yeah, Oracle's a stocking horse. Microsoft is there. And then China sort of, now China, not an NPC, an actual country with people comes in and says, hey, 
uh, you know, this the algorithm because the algorithm was sort of in contention. Is algorithm part of this deal, or is ByteDance going to license it? Which is something like ByteDance is like, we'll drop in like a GitHub repository. You can like you update it every few months. And the problem is that that's a huge part of the value of the deal. I mean, TikTok has two big assets. One is the user base, and two is the sort of application itself. And both are important. I mean, remember, they bought that user base by and large by spending like well over a billion dollars on like Facebook and Instagram ads. And the, the way the reason those ads worked and the reason they kept that audience is because the algorithm is so good. So it's, it's not one or the other. It's both. And if you're not acquiring the algorithm, I think particularly from sort of a Microsoft perspective, if you're not acquiring the algorithm, then what quite are you getting? Because you're, yes, you're getting a nice business for your cloud, but that algorithm that the potential to sort of use it more broadly in that sort of approach is something that I think is very, the, the is analogy very from, I think was in the South China Morning Post was you're buying the, the car, but not the engine. That's right. That's right. And it's a very nice and valuable car. I mean, this isn't to say, people want to say it's one or the other. It's both, but it's a very important piece of this. And China came in and said, yeah, the algorithm's not going anywhere. We are now passing, you know, we're, we made an addition to our basically export list, you know, an equivalent of that the U.S. has that says that includes algorithms of this sort. And, and I think. Don, so they're saying, look, Donald Trump said you, you, you must sell this company to a U.S. company. And we're essentially saying no. Well, I don't think it was there yet. Directly. I don't think it was there yet. I think what they started out with was you can't you can't sell the the algorithm for national. Yeah, we'll security sell you reasons. we'll sell you a crippled version of this company. <laughs> well, it, it, again, it's hard to fault them, right? I mean, the yeah, US yeah, yeah, is no, no, yeah. Throwing- aside, just, yeah, aside from for who's right and who's wrong, they said no. Actually, we have a say. We have a significant say. That's right. Um, and we're going to not allow that deal to go through as constructed. That's right. That's right. And so that really put the brakes on it because Microsoft's like, well, what are we actually buying here? And then I think over time, as U.S. rhetoric, you know, continued to ramp up, I think the th- same thing happened in China. And it's like, well, no, you're n- not only are you not buying the algorithm, but you're not buying the company. And so where we ended up with is this sort of licensing deal where I think the latest is that there's going to be a U.S. entity that is TikTok that's going to be headquartered in the U.S. This is all funny because ByteDance already tried to play this game, but they said that TikTok was headquartered in the Cayman Islands. <laughs> and so, I mean, on, on, on dithering the podcast, it was with John Gruber. We have a running joke about TikTok being a Cayman Islands company. I mean, the reality is, is, you know, who's actually running it? Who's pulling the shots? And the funny thing is this, this, this new entity, this TikTok in the U.S. entity, Oracle will be a minority stakeholder. And ByteDance will be the majority stakeholder. So it's actually less favorable from a U.S. perspective than the previous one because ByteDance is still in charge. And they're saying, oh, data will stay in the U.S. It's going to be with Oracle. But that's what ByteDance was proposing all along. And so, it, it, it you know, there is an argument. It does solve the data question, number one. But number two, that argument was already proposed and already rejected. But number three, my biggest concern, and this is speaking for me personally, not the situation as a whole, continues to be that algorithm. It's powerful. It's a black box. It's not based on who you follow, or who your friends are. It's controlled by ByteDance. And as we just saw, when the Chinese government says, you know, when the Chinese government says jump, ByteDance, like any other Chinese company, is going to say how high. And this is, if anything, a validation of the concerns that this company is in China and has to do with the Chinese government says. And again, that's not a criticism. It's just a reflection, I think, of reality. So to sum up the state of play right now, sort of from what we understand, is that Donald Trump had said this company must be sold to a U.S. company or be shut down. And now there is a proposal from Oracle and ByteDance that says, actually, no, 
Um, instead, we're going to create this kind of uh, U.S.-based entity, but it's still going to be controlled by China. It'll still be owned by ByteDance, a Chinese company. Um, and and um, as a nod towards security concerns, we'll store the data in the U.S. Um, and then the question is, will Donald Trump accept that or not? And we don't know. If we had to guess, maybe he sounds like he will. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is a little stronger than it is in that the data will be owned by Oracle. And, and mm-hmm. like... And I, again, that that's I just return to the fact that I and I wrote this in the TikTok war it is I think the focus on data is misplaced to me. You know, the reality is, is that it's not difficult to get data on, on your customers in the U.S. You go to a credit card broker and buy better and more valuable yeah. data than you can get from TikTok. I always think that's been a misplaced focus. If that was the only national security concern, I would not I would be opposed to this entire thing. You know, to me, the issue has always been the algorithm and the the opportunity to push propaganda and censorship, and that's not addressed in the slightest. Right, and I, and I want to get to the concerns in a second. And, and there's a variety of criticisms about TikTok's presence in the U.S., and they range from genuine concerns to bad faith concerns. But just in terms of where we are at right now, um, I just want yes, to make sure. Yes, I think that's we're, where we're at. That's where we're at. That's I do think it's, it's better than before in that Oracle clearly owns the data and ByteDance doesn't. But it's not as good of a situation that was the original Microsoft proposal, which Trump already flat out said would not be allowed. Do you think there was ever a chance? And this is the thing that I've always been confused by, because it's always been reported in the U.S. Half of the reporting is like this traditional sort of M&A process, and it's informed by the bankers. And the rest is what does Trump want or not want? And like you said, we've always sort of ignored what China might have to say. Um, To me, regardless of what Trump had said or demanded, it seemed like you would always have China weighing in and saying, wait a minute, we're not going to allow uh, this premier asset from our one of our premier technology companies to be forced to do anything. We're going to weigh in in the same way that imagine how the U.S. would react if someone compelled Facebook to sell Instagram in, you know, in Turkey or name your country. Yep. Um, was there ever a chance that China would would allow this to go through without without interfering in the deal? I mean, I don't think so. And that's where, but, but again, it doesn't seem to be a calculation that really entered the thought process of anyone involved. That's insane. I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm a very cynical person and I'm in late middle age and I continue to be uh, astounded when my cynicism uh, is not adequate here, but it's impossible to imagine that people wouldn't have thought about this. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. All, All I do know. And so this is pure speculation. All I do know is that someone that has written about and thought for, you know, thought about China for sure for a very long time. And part of that is due to my living situation being in Taiwan, but has been paying close attention is a failure of the U.S. broadly, not just Trump or the Trump administration. But I think you see this in the media. You see this on all sides of the aisle is to be very sort of solipsistic about anything that involves America and to obsess over the American angle and internal debates and to sort of forget that other countries have a say in things too. And so I don't know that this wasn't discussed, but it's very easy to envision a scenario where it was sort of given short shrift in the discussions. But, but again, it shouldn't matter. Like if this is genuinely about national security, then it doesn't matter what China says or does because you're making sort of like what should have been a very difficult call. The only way to to even, you know, the problem is when when things like key money come up, you know, you're, you've kind of left the field of a principled, you know, call where we're very reluctant to interfere with private property, but we see national security concerns outweighing this in that sort of studied, you know, serious sort of contemplation if you actually thought about your priorities and put them in order, 
then what China does doesn't really matter because you've already thought through all those implications. But it's you know certainly fair to wonder if that sort of sort of thinking happened or if it just felt like something that felt fun to do. And then now, you know, it feels like an electoral concern that people are going to be mad that TikTok is gone because you're responsible. I mean, that, that, that's yeah, it's hard to I, 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 that I, sense. I, it's hard for me to imagine anyone voting uh, for or against Trump based on, on what happens to TikTok. But, but I do want to talk. So moving it aside of, of the Trump sphere, which is very hard to do, like we've been referencing throughout this conversation, there are people who are not in Trump land. There are people who are not conservatives, people like yourself, who have real concerns about a Chinese-owned social media app having a huge presence in the U.S. So can you just spell out what your concerns are and what you think should happen to TikTok in the U.S.? I mean, it's this is something that, you know, I mean, for <laughs> I'm going to sound Daryl saying people should think about this more than to say I thought about this a lot. Uh, but the it's a very, very challenging question. I think what makes TikTok so powerful and so unique is it is user generated content, but it's not a social network. And, and that's a mistake people make. You know, I think it's telling to Facebook sort of continued vitality that everyone expects Facebook to sort of respond when actually TikTok is really in many respects in the launch of YouTube, uh, where it, it, it's more of a sort of recommendation engine where you're watching videos, but it's mobile first and it, it works really well and it's very powerful. And I would love to see a company like TikTok succeed just in large part to sort of break up the Google Facebook sort of duopoly on, on display advertising. So uh, there, there's a very, it, it's a great, it's a great product. Well done. The concern is that because of the nature of the algorithm where it's not constrained by who you know it's not constrained by sort of celebrity but it really is sort of a black box there's nothing stopping sort of the the attempt to insert things into that and we know and it sounds like a something of fear but we already know tiktok censors like there's just a, a lot of there was that the guardian actually had documents from tiktok that that listed all the sorts of things that they, they allow or don't allow they've censored black lives matter content they censored george floyd content they blocked a teenager discussing china's genocide in xinjiang they blocked a video of the tank man all of these happened when the, the the thing with the nba went down you couldn't find the houston rockets anywhere in the app if you search for hong kong protests all you saw were pro were videos that favored the sort of police there's nothing on the other side. And so there's a strong evidence that if they're, they're willing to censor in a way that favors China and the inverse of censorship is propaganda or favoring a candidate in an election, like there's no reason this sort of targeting couldn't happen. And no one would need to know except maybe the candidate where China lets them know, hey, by the way, we helped you out here. And, you know, you, you, you should be on. our. You, we have a favor to ask. And, and again, the reality is, is that. All of this entails viewing China as a ideological rival. This isn't a I'm an American. I, I claim that freely. And this isn't saying that U.S. good, China bad. It's saying that U.S. great company, U.S. great country, China great country. And by the way, they have ideologies that fundamentally differ. And you don't have to listen to me say this. You go read Xi Jinping's speeches. You, you read all of his top folks, what they talk about. They talk about. U.S. and China being in not just an economic competition, but fundamental ideological conflict. And if that's the case, can we really afford to have an app with a basically direct channel, a micro-targeted direct ch channel into sort of the hearts and minds of the U.S. population? There's no way in hell China would allow TikTok in, 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 on their side. We already know because they ban everything else. 
are we sure it's a good idea to go in the opposite direction? It's counterfactual. But if we if we imagine another country develops TikTok and everything is the same and it's still a black box, but it's Iceland or France or pick some pick some Western country that we think would be. Re- re- I, would, I would have no, no to objection to it. I would have no Fine, objection. Go, to it. go for it. It's specifically because it's Chinese owned. That's right. And that's not because I'm anti-Chinese. I mean, you know, not like I, I, I speak Chinese. I love Chinese. There's nothing I can say to, to, to counter that. Just but it's the fact. It's a, a recognition of sort of real politic, right? I mean, I've been writing about this. I've written about like chips, for example, and the fact that all of the best chip fabs are within 90 kilometers or, or, or so of China and thousands or, you know, 90 miles of China and, and thousands of miles from the U.S. And that is a that's just a factual statement. That's a geopolitical concern. And I would say the same thing here. This isn't being anti-Chinese. It's a recognition of China's power and the fact that they are a geopolitical rival to the U.S. and an ideological rival. And that should matter. It's sort of a you know, it's sort of a history has re-begun sort of statement where, and again, I acknowledge I'm an American saying this, and that still matters. Like, that, so, so in your point. mind, in your perspective is that TikTok should not exist in the U.S. as a Chinese-owned company, full stop. That's right. Uh, so I think the 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 it should it should be blocked. I I, I would have much preferred some sort of spinoff where it continues to exist and grow and thrive. Uh, I hope someone comes along and does something similar. I hope Reels from Facebook is not successful because I would love to see more competition in the market. But, you know, there's something I talk about, you know, which is priority stacks, this idea where there's five things that you want. And at some point you have to sort of put them in order about which is most important. And in this particular case, I do think the national security concerns are significant. And those concerns, again, are not about data. If this is only about data, Peter, I would... I would also be acting differently as well. I just don't think the TikTok data is that valuable. And we're talking about, you know, a serious sort of, uh, you know, action that should be taken with extreme delicacy and hesitancy. And to me, the data actually isn't even a powerful enough reason to do so. It, It really is about this sort of tool for potential, not just censorship, but also sort of propaganda and influence, again, on a micro targeted basis. Ben, I promised you I'd talk to you for like I'd ask you two or three questions and you'd be out of here in ten minutes. And I, I didn't I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. But to be fair, you, you do talk at length, which I love. Um, <laughs> thank you for your time. Um, I don't need to plug Stratechery because everyone who listens to this podcast subscribes. But Stratechery, Peter. Stratechery. I can't even pronounce it. God bless. Thanks for your I time. I can't either. Don't worry about it. Be well. Thanks, Ben. Talk to you later. Thanks again to Ben for getting on the internet and chatting with me. Thanks again to Jelani. For working with me late on uh, on a uh, weeknight to get this out to you today. Uh, there's a regular episode of Recode Media coming out in less than 24 hours. That is really good as well. Um, I'll give you a hint. It starts with the letter Q. Okay. See you soon. Bye.